Hello and welcome to She Source, Her Voice, Her Rights. We are Care Canada's Youth Champions, a group of young people across Canada who are passionate advocates for sexual and reproductive health rights. We're excited to discuss and raise awareness about young women's rights and choices in Kenya, Uganda, and Zambia. Together, we will explore how these global issues connect to our lives as Canadian youth and discover ways in which we can all take action. We will also talk about the SheSource project, which improves access to health and education, which are areas we want to see change in. Join us! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the SheSource podcast. This November, we're going to be focusing on the theme of engaging men and boys with topics of sexual and reproductive health rights. As the 16 Days of Activism campaign against gender-based violence is from November 25th to December 10th. So in the SheSource project, and just widely recognized, men and boys are needed as equal partners and key players in shifting harmful gender norms and attitudes towards women and girls, including gender-based violence. A bit more context about the SheSource approach is the engagement of adolescent boys through role model boys groups, where they can access information related to sexual and reproductive health, life skills, and find the space and support to develop positive attitudes and behaviors towards women and girls. In addition, men are engaged in groups where parents learn skills for open communication with their children and participate in community activities where they discuss and identify which norms they view as harmful and would like to see changed and then share their learnings with the whole community, for example, with role-playing situations. So this topic is important for a few different reasons, and it's often overlooked. The whole community has to buy in in order to change the norms, and we really strongly believe that equal partnership is needed between boys and girls and men and women to achieve gender equality. Okay, so now I'm going to introduce our guest on this podcast. We are joined by folks from Yorktown Family Services and the Mindful Fathering Program. We have Karen Blake joining us, as well as Rodrigo Moreno. Karen is the Community-Based Violence Prevention Manager, and Rodrigo was involved with the Mindful Fathering Program for 14 years as a facilitator with a continued role as a consultant and trainer. And Karen and Rodrigo, I will pass it over to you to introduce your impressive backgrounds. Rodrigo, would you like to go first? Okay. I just want to say, I guess, that I grew up in a household where my father always talked about equality and everybody having equal access. And so I grew up with that frame of mind. And I think my work now reflects that I lived in an inner city neighborhood in Toronto and saw some of the struggles of the residents that lived around me, including us. And so I think that my work is really shaped by a lot of my experience and working with men because I am a man. I take this work very passionately and seriously. And so working for Yorktown, working as a facilitator and working with men around violence and offering alternatives to be able to have healthier relationships. My name is Karen Blake, and I have been supervising three programs at Yorktown for the last 20 years. One program near and dear to my heart is Here to Help, which is a group for women and children who have been impacted by being exposed to family violence. I also supervise a group for youth that are at risk to being taken into care. And the other program that I had the privilege and the opportunity to help design is Mindful Fathering. Mindful Fathering is a group for fathers that have demonstrated abusive behavior to their current and ex-partners and have children who have been exposed to violence. Prior to working at Yorktown, I worked at Women's Habitat in the Outreach Division, working with 
children and youth, and I help design healthy relationship group programs for boys and girls. And so mindful fathering, when the funding came, I was like the first to say, let's do it. And later on, we'll talk a little bit more about why we decided to design and develop mindful fathering. Awesome. Thank you both for those introductions and a bit more background on the Mindful Fathering Program. We're really excited to have you here. And it was awesome for us to find out about an organization that's doing some similar work to the SheSource Project within Canada. So it would be great if you could please tell us a bit more about the Mindful Fathering Program and why and how the program got started and what its main aims are. Absolutely. For decades, Yorktown Family Services has been providing counseling services and shelter services for women and children affected by violence. However, we became increasingly concerned that by only working directly with women and children, we were putting all the responsibility on the families to solve the problems created by men using violence. The women and children were asking us, what support do you have for my partner? Why can't my dad come here too? My dad needs help. It was clear that we were missing a very important part of the picture. In 2007, we received funding to create a program that would include fathers, not only for the sake of their partners and children, but also to support them in becoming the fathers they wanted to be. Fathers are invited to develop a personal vision for change, to increase awareness of attitudes regarding masculinity, gender roles that contribute to partner abuse and child abuse, learn effective ways to deal with anger and aggression, and use mindfulness to help regulate emotions and learn new skills in parenting and relationships. And here we are 18 years later. We're very proud to have this program. Awesome. Thank you for elaborating more on that. So you touched on this, but what are some of the specific approaches used within the program? That's a very good question because I think we have many important keys to the program. I think creating a safe space for men to become and feel comfortable and be honest about their journey through what they're going through, what they've been through, where they're heading. We provide a meal every week, actually, for the fathers that come in. And we've seen how it creates this openness, this comfort with them. And then we can get down to the real conversations. We know from the feedback of our fathers that we're creating a space where they feel comfortable to talk about topics that are not discussed in their regular daily lives. You can't go to the bar with your friends and talk about your problems in your home, your challenges with your children. So we offer a space that's really unique and where fathers could come and really talk about the things they want to get off their chest. So we see it as a very growth-oriented spot for them to be able to come and share openly about their challenges. We don't judge them in any way. We offer a very supportive environment for growth. We do challenge our fathers and our participants because we find that they're maybe rooted in some more traditional beliefs that we need to examine and see what the outcomes of these beliefs have been for them because obviously things haven't been working. So what are the alternatives we can offer that may have a better outcome in the way you parent and in the way that you relate to your partner? Awesome. Thank you. That sounds like such an innovative and needed program. I haven't heard of many organizations doing this type of work, so that's really awesome to learn some more about. So bouncing off of that, what are some of the major impacts you've noticed within the families that you're working with, specifically with the fathers and anything else that you'd like to elaborate on? 
Sure. We had one father that his child was taken into care and the mother wasn't in the picture. There was some very uh, high-risk substance abuse going on. They had split up and uh, he came to our group wanting custody of his child and he had lived on the streets, very young dad, maybe 19, 20 years old. And he came to our group and by the end of the group, he did a lot of other programs, but he said mindful fathering really helped and supported him. He ended up getting custody of his two-year-old and he sang at our AGM one year. He brought his baby, he went on the guitar and he just thanked everyone for the support he had. And he is doing so well and in another relationship and has another child and he checks in with us and he says how happy he is and that it really changed his life. You can only imagine that working in this field and and hearing that feedback, because often we don't get a lot of feedback. And Rodrigo, you have many stories you probably could share. Absolutely. When I think of the impacts, I think of what are our goals as an organization and as a program for our fathers. You know, I think that we want to begin to have them look at new ways of parenting, new ways of relating, because we're talking about systemic issues that men are raised with that we believe that we should be the sole income providers as men in our households. And when we're not, things fall apart for us because we're so rooted in these ideas and beliefs and that we feel that we don't have other options, creating conflict within our relationships. So when we talk about impacts, we want to be able to begin to change those ideas around masculinity, around men and around parenting that we don't always have to have those roles, that we can play other important roles in the family structure, that we can stay home and look after our children if that's what's needed and the outcome is going to benefit our family. So we want to push the boundaries to begin to change the way that we see these stereotypes and how they've affected us, how they've kept us prisoners as men to the ideas that society's expectations on us. And, you know, we start to see these with stories that come to light. For example, we had a young father who had shared custody. And when his son spent time with him, it was his job to get his boy out to school every day. And one of those days, his son comes down with a pink shirt on and his dad was taken back and looks at him like, like you can't wear that to school. You know, that isn't a male color and that's not what you're supposed to do. The boy kept saying, well, you know, today I'm wearing this because it's a national anti-bullying day and I'm going to wear this because I want to be a part of all of this. And little by little, his dad started to question himself and begin to understand that we have to kind of let go of these ideas of what's male and female, that things shouldn't be so rigid. And he shared that story with us, which was very eye-opening. And um, we have so much to learn we're in a position that our children can teach us so much. And so it showed this level of being flexible, being accommodating, which goes against the old traditional form of you do as I say as a father, and that's that, right? So we see some major changes going on, some impactful that benefit the family and the relationship as well. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I found some really interesting parallels when you were speaking between the SheSource project and the work that you do as well, specifically when you're talking about breaking down those gender norms and looking to children and youth to help. 
bring down those barriers and teach the older generation the way that they want things to go. So that's really interesting to hear and definitely heartwarming and inspiring. And our fathers say, like, why didn't I have this course or class when I was a teenager? And we were saying, that's what we want to do. Like, we want to get, you know, more prevention, younger, and to reach out to those boys that before they become fathers. I think uh, many of our dads have said that, like, they're so appreciative to have this group. But they said, if you could have just been around, you know, when I was in high school, it would have really made a difference. Totally. I can definitely see that. You've touched on this a bit, but I think this is a great segue. So why do you think it's so essential for men and boys to have their own space, to be engaged in building healthy relationships and breaking down these harmful gender roles and attitudes we've been discussing? I think that it's essential to kind of begin at a young age. So, you know, we learn at a very young age how we carry ourselves as men and as women in this society. And especially as men, we tend to stick to those ideas. If those ideas are thrown away from us or we don't have them, we tend to panic because we don't have alternative to what we were taught. And so change is fearful. Change can be impactful in a way that leads us to not being active at all in our son's lives. So the idea here is to really begin to teach young boys how we can relate in the healthy relationships as they become men, how to respect women, how to value their opinions, how a problem doesn't only have one solution, that a collaborative effort tends to bring out more positive resolutions to problems. And so I think mindful father is critical in the sense that we are working with men who are fathers. It is up to them to teach their young boys these new ways of being and these new tools to how to treat their female friends. And so in doing that, we take the blame off of the woman because it feels like the girl should be protected. The father protects his daughters a lot more than he protects his sons. And I lived that in my family where my father was overlooking my sisters all the time. And, you know, I was told as a young boy that I should not leave my sister and her boyfriend alone. So I had to go in there and be with them to make sure that my sister was okay. But that was never done for my brother. So there's a sense of protecting girls from men instead of teaching men to be respectful to women. So that's where I think mindful fathering is critical in that beginning of a process of working with young boys through their fathers. You said so much, and it was so important. I just like the piece I would add is this toxic masculinity. And even though we've evolved, we still need to do a lot of work on that because we still have many dads that come in. It's not okay to cry. It's not okay to show emotions. This is what I've been taught. Many different cultures of dads. And so we, we need to do a lot of work in that area. And by not shaming, blaming, or, or creating judgment, but by supporting these dads, these boys to be themselves. They can cry. They can do anything. They can be anything they want to be. Dream big. And I think Rodrigo always says this quite well, is it doesn't cost anything to dream. <laughs> yeah, the whole masculinity piece is huge. You know, I work with men and that's kind of the passion that, that I have. And we work with men in trying to change some of these ideas, maybe beginning to express yourself. 
instead of bottling things up as you're seen as weak, if you express any emotion other than anger and happiness as a man. So we're taught to really bottle things up. And when I push that envelope and we do role plays, and I think you were mentioning a bit of role plays in the work that you do with She Soars, and I get men to try and express themselves. And it's incredible how you could see the inability to do that. Even repeating after me becomes hard because of all these negative stigma around what a man is viewed as by expressing his emotions. And so learning to express yourself is like learning a new language. It doesn't come easy. And the only way that you're going to get better at it is by practice, saying these things over and over again to be able to then say it freely when you feel them. So we have a lot of work, as Karen said, ahead of us. These are some of the things that we do to help our male participants through, our fathers, to hopefully set role models for the children they're bringing up, their boys, so that they can be a softer, gentler version of themselves. That doesn't mean that they're weak. It actually, to me, I see it as being brave to be able to put yourself in a vulnerable place is actually a sign of bravery, not weakness. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of your insight on this topic, showcasing just how important it is to carve out the space for men and boys. I think all of the stories you share just really highlight the different impacts this can have for not only men and boys, but also the whole family. It also just goes to show how needed this type of programming is in every country and not just certain countries that the SheSource Project is working in and not just in Canada. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Is there any final points or anything that you wanted to add before we close out? I was going to say that it's unfortunate that we live in a place where we fund programs after things have happened. So we need evidence that, you know, our society is not doing well to be able to fund. And I think, Karen, you were getting a little bit onto this, that we need funding to begin to prevent things from happening. We don't want incidents and then doing patchwork, right? I'm fortunate to work with mindful fathering and helping the fathers teach their young boys. But I'm also seeing through the other work I do, men who have not been given those new types of thinking and how we're doing the patchwork to help them out later on in life. So we wish that we could begin to do some more preventative work without having to show that, you know, proof that something's going terribly wrong to be able to get the resources that we require. So we continue to push for more about prevention. Why do we have to wait till things happen? And thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about our program and to learn about yours, because this is something that we need to do more often is reach out and let everyone know that we need to start this work earlier, not later. Yeah, I fully agree with those points. That's a great concept to bring up of how we really need the systemic change and breaking down the cycles and not just the Band-Aid solution. So Thank you for including that as well. We're just so pleased that we got to connect with you on this, and I'm sure that there'll be further opportunities for collaboration down the road. Thank you so much for having us here to present Mindful Fathering. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thanks so much. We really appreciate the opportunity to be able to showcase the program. We continue to expand it and providing it to other agencies. We realize the importance of it. We realize we have a lot of work to do, and part of it is sharing it with others 
to inform and make them aware to join our battle. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm just so glad that we got to connect on this and to talk about the parallels between your program and SheSource. You shared a lot of inspiring and heartwarming stories that we're so excited to get to share with all of our listeners. So you can stay tuned for part two of this episode where we're going to be discussing how men and boys are engaged in the SheSource project to increase gender equality in Uganda and the exciting activities that are happening to increase women and girls' rights and health. Thanks for listening to She Soars. If you liked this episode, please share it on social media, connect with us in the comments, or give us a like. Make sure to catch our next episode by subscribing to our channel and following us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow at Care Canada on Instagram for updates on our show and the project. She Soars stands for Sexual and Reproductive Health and Economic Empowerment, supporting out-of-school adolescent girls' rights and skills in Kenya, Uganda, and Zambia. The project is funded by Global Affairs Canada. Check out our global partner organization. Youth Coalition for Sex and Reproductive Rights, the Center for Reproductive Rights, and Restless Development for even more project updates. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.